If your AC is blowing hot air, let O'Reilly Auto Parts help bring back the cool this summer. While you may need to eventually service your AC unit, get immediate relief with Interdynamics Arctic Freeze R134A refrigerant with leak sealer for $32.99. O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts, better prices every day. Limit supply. See store for details. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Blog Talk Radio. Lucid's Trust, a non-profit, non-political, and non-sectarian organization on the roster of the Economic and Social Council of the United Nations and concerned with the establishment of world cooperation and goodwill presents Inner Sight with your host, Robert Anderson. He, with Sarah and Dale McKechnie, President and Vice President of Lucis Trust, will discuss philosophical and spiritual topics essential to everyday life. Now here's your host, Robert Anderson. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Inner Sight. Inner Sight is simply seeing that which is always present, but not yet fully recognized. You have within you the ability to see yourself and the world around you in a new way, with new eyes. So stay with us, and together we'll look at the world and ourselves with inner sight. Our theme for today is marriage. And Alice Bailey, Alice Bailey, by the way, is the founder of Lucis Trust. Uh, Lucis Trust sponsors this show, and uh, she's written 24 volumes of literature, and this is an excerpt from one of her books. There is no better training school for spiritual development than family life. With its enforced relations, its scope for adjustments and adaptability, its demanded sacrifices and service, and its opportunities for the full expression of every part of one's nature. This comment by Alice Bailey, it doesn't seem to be the prevailing view of marriage. Uh, Why is that? Well, it might have to do with the fact that she mentions things like sacrifice, adaptability, uh, service, adjustment, (laughs) uh, all of those enforced relations. (laughs) Those are all qualities that you learn uh, in hitching your wagon to that of another person and uh, going through life together. It it touches on the the obligations and the responsibilities and, yes, the sacrifices that come into the marriage relation. And those don't seem to be very popular terms today. I'm not sure what the change in thinking is. Maybe it has to do with the uh, emphasis on self-fulfillment that is so prevalent today. And that's important, too, that we come into um, a better awareness of ourselves as souls but she, Alice Bailey, would say that marriage doesn't work against self-fulfillment, that it actually uh, fosters it. Yes, one of the things that uh, um, marriage fosters is the sense of responsibility. And uh, that's, that's very important. You have to learn responsibility for your, your spouse and your children and uh, your possessions, your, your house and your home and um, so it it forces one to uh, look outward from that self, and I think one of the uh, perhaps one of the reasons why there's 
so prevailing view of marriage is, is different today is because, I, like you said, there is a, a selfishness there and there's a certain self-centeredness that's kind of taken over. Uh, and it probably it comes out in, in, in ways like, uh, well, the, the excess, the emphasis on materialism today, the material, the home and all this, the stuff that we have in a home and the cars and all of that. And uh, the marriage seems to um, evolve around these material things and the prenuptial agreements. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I think, but as I said, I think it develops a responsibility, and that's um, a very important uh, element if one can uh, can realize that. Well, it's said in the uh, Ageless Wisdom that the sense of responsibility is the first indication of the presence of the soul. So to be responsible to and for someone else uh, is a sign that the soul is becoming more dominant in one's consciousness. The um, Ageless Wisdom has a very interesting view of um, the spiritual basis of marriage. Uh, It's based on the spiritual law of attraction, which has to do with the polarities, uh, masculine and feminine polarities, speaking in terms of an electrical polarity, which form a, a union and a complete whole in uh, the marriage relation. And if we thought of marriage as the the union of polarities with naturally a certain amount of friction and um, adjustment, maybe we could be a little more accepting and a little more broad-minded and tolerant of the process of adjustment that marriage uh, forces the soul to undergo. Uh, somewhere in the writings of Alice Bailey, it's said that... Um, Family life and marriage are the crucible of the spiritual life. And I think that's a very interesting uh, image because a crucible is uh, a a bowl, isn't it, in which something is ground up and pulverized and uh, made into a new um, element or a new potion. Certainly that's what happens to the soul um, in going through a marriage. You become, in a sense new and remade hopefully for the better mm-hmm. well, I hope some I, I hope people can recapture some of the old attitudes and values towards marriage I heard a very uh, disturbing statistic not too long ago about how today two out of three marriages are ending in divorce so I think this is a much needed uh, program and I'm glad that Alice Belly has written about it but why do you think that marriage is under, undergoing so much questioning today well there are many reasons um uh, one has to do with the changing role of women. In the old days, women were uh, literally dependent and beholden to the husband. I think the real dictionary meaning of husband is protector and provider, and the woman uh, depended on that protection and that economic support of the husband. Uh, he provided the home and the money and uh, sustained the the uh, living standard for the the family. Now women being more um, oriented toward careers themselves aren't so dependent economically on the support of a husband, so it gives them a little more independence and freedom in life. Uh, They have a sense of their their own self-development that they want to fulfill in life, 
And uh, if they see marriage as a limitation or an infringement of their spiritual and personal development, then they're not going to look on the institution very positively. Um, there are other factors that have to do with uh, the, the different attitudes towards marriage today. Maybe one is the the lack of uh, willingness to endure for the long haul mm-hmm. that we see so in so many aspects of society today. It seems to me, maybe this isn't true, but it seems that people in olden times had uh, the capacity to endure, to wait patiently, to keep a commitment that might be a little bit more um, uh, reluctant. Uh, uh, there's more reluctance to to maintain those commitments and that patient waiting in today's age. The pace of life has stepped up so fast and our attention span, for many reasons, is much shorter. Mm-hmm. It seems to me that people may not be willing to just wait things out. And marriage, like all things in life, has cycles, ups and downs, uh, periods of ebb and flow. And there can be periods in a in a relationship where things are not so good and you have to wait it out and work through it and come out on into a better a better spell if you stick it out. Yes, it's that term, it's that uh, element of persistence that I think mm-hmm. it um, it's very important to uh, <clears throat> just don't let it all fall apart and collapse just because on the first little argument you have because um, uh, every marriage goes through those phases. But um, I think, uh, you know, speaking of the kind of the spiritual aspect of marriage, um, Marriage is building a relationship which enables the energy of love to flow. I think that's one reason why we have the whole institution of marriage. is It's the coming together of a negative and positive elements, as you say, and this allows energy to flow. Literally. Literally, the energy of love, mm-hmm. because it's building a relationship, and that is so important to the whole evolutionary plan of this planet, if you want to put it in those terms. Uh, Building relationships and um, allowing this continuous flow of energy, they they call it in the the Alice Bailey books, the um, divine circulatory flow. And it's, it's this great flow of love from God into humanity and then from humanity back to God and it's a continuous flow and and that's uh, what comes out in the marriage and as long as the, there is the marriage is, is harmonious and flowing and loving then that energy will flow so it's it's um, it not only helps the, in the marriage relationship itself you're contributing to the flow of energy throughout the planet and so you might think of it that way is and I think this present period that we're going through, uh, really throughout the world, where marriage is being reconsidered, where the role of women and the obligations of men and so on and so forth, where all of this is coming into question, I think this is a very productive period. Because in these uh, crises where old values are being reconsidered and questioned, something new and better can emerge in the consciousness of human beings. And so this this past 
century when divorce has become so much uh, more prevalent has been a very painful period and the the personal suffering of people is indescribable but i think out of this re-questioning and reconstitution of the marriage relation there will emerge a more spiritual sense of marriage and a a more uh, egalitarian um, approach to the institution where women aren't so completely dependent on men and men are liberated from the dependence of the woman uh, and can become more equal partners. So I think the, the present period, painful as it is, is leading to something better. But probably nobody really has a clue what's going to come out of it. No, it's it's uh, it's a long process, but um, I, I think all marriage, as far as I'm concerned, all marriage is like preparatory for the great marriage uh, between heaven and earth. You might want to say that will take place uh, in the future sometime when the you know it's it's the marriage between the human kingdom and the spiritual kingdom or the kingdom of God, and so it's 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 all preparing us for this the great marriage in heaven as they sometimes refer to it in the Bailey books for those people who just tuned in you're listening to Inner Sight and our topic for today is marriage and I'd like you to remember that this show it's funded by the generous donations of our listeners and we need and we welcome your support and if you'd like to explore this topic of marriage further, um, you certainly are welcome to do so by taking a look at one of our books called Esoteric Psychology. If you'd like to purchase that book, Esoteric Psychology, uh, you can do so by calling the following number, 1-866-695-8247. Once again, it's 1-866-695-8247. An easy way of remembering the number is 1-866-NY-LUCIS. Think of 1-866-NEW-YORK-LUCIS. LUCIS is L-U-C-I-S. And we have 24 volumes of book, uh, every books, um, writ- all written by Alice Bailey. She's the founder of LUCIS Trust. And LUCIS Trust sponsors this show, Inner Sight. And all of our discussions, all of our dialogue, uh, dialogue emanates from the works of Alice Bailey and And if you'd like to buy all 24 volumes, you can do so, and you'll get a 10% discount if you order directly from us. You can also purchase our books at Barnes & Noble, Amazon.com, Borders, uh, and probably many other places as well. Our website, www.lucistrust.org, and our email is newyork at lucistrust.org. Uh, we'd also like to send you, if you if you desired, a general package of information about who we are and how you might get involved with us. Um, we're not a religion, but uh, we, I guess more appropriately, we're a philosophy organization. We explore life, we examine the deeper meanings of life, and we attempt to see meaning in various aspects of life and understand it. So, once again, if you'd uh, like to uh, order that general package of information, you can do so by dialing one eight six 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 nine five eight two four seven. The easy way of remembering it. One eight six six N Y Lucis L U C I S. We have many more questions on marriage, and uh, I think that um, what I've gotten from this discussion that's so profound is we really have to put time and effort into 
working on a uh, marriage to make it uh, to make it successful. But what are your ideas? What what makes a good relationship? Well, I think Benjamin Franklin had um, uh, a good viewpoint. He said, "Keep your eyes wide open before marriage, and half shut afterwards." (laughs) (laughs) I think what he was uh, referring to was go into marriage with open eyes and a clear sense of the other person and your uh, your likely uh, partnership together. And after you are married, learn to overlook a lot of the little stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the more successful marriages work because the the people involved don't um, make a mountain out of every little molehill. They learn to overlook and accept and be silent in the face of a lot of the little irritations that normally come into any uh, shared uh, life. Recently I was reading a book by a, a writer named Iris Krasnow. It's a book called Surrendering to Marriage. You get a sense from the title. <laughs> Surrendering. <laughs> <laughs> Surrendering to Marriage. Yeah. She has some very interesting insights on how to make a marriage work, and it's not at all um, idealized. She shares a lot of her personal experience, which is that marriage is a struggle mm-hmm. and uh, not easy and takes day-in, day-out effort. But she expresses a sense of commitment that both she and her husband share that I think, as Dale said, is is really a significant factor in marriage. Somebody once said to me that when you are married, you take a vow. Mm-hmm. And that is no small thing. The the person I was talking to was trying to explain the difference between living with someone and being married to them. When you marry, you take a vow. And I don't know that we really realize how serious that is when we do it, uh, especially if you're married in a religious ceremony. You're making a vow before God, for better or worse, and in sickness and in health. Mm-hmm. But then when something goes wrong, people say, well, wait a minute, I didn't have this in mind. And sometimes they say, I'm out of here. Yeah. Uh, but we did promise mm-hmm. through thick and thin and for better or for worse, and life has a way of testing us on that. Right. Every every day as we go through these little tests, and I, I f- f- think one of the uh, little things that we can do is, well, it's not a little thing, it's a pretty big thing, actually, but... Uh, be able and willing to say, I'm sorry, mm-hmm. uh, because there are so many times during the relationship that you just get into little arguments over petty little things, and uh, somebody's got to take the initiative and just stand back and get their little ego out of the way and say, I'm sorry, yes, you're right, uh, and try to see the point of view of the other person and uh, patch it up because it isn't this big thing and these little things should not get out of hand and quite often they do they become they just tear people apart and they don't forget them and they just hang on to it forgiveness is part of uh, uh, an essential attribute for the spiritual path and being able to say i'm sorry and on the other hand to forgive wrongs that have been done to you are deeply spiritual lessons that we all have to learn. And marriage and family life can teach those. If we think of forgiveness as giving for the larger good, in other words, 
giving up your own uh, personal uh, sense of self-righteousness for the greater good of the future relationship, then you can see why it's so important that we learn to forgive and that we humble ourselves enough to be apologetic and to recognize transgressions. All of these experiences that we go through in family and marriage life over and over and over again are training for the soul to learn what right relationship is. And that's why family life, as I said earlier, is the crucible of the spiritual Mm -hmm. life in all of these adjustments and sacrifices and unselfish uh, relinquishment. You learn to integrate yourself into something larger, whether it's the family or the community or eventually the world. You become uh, a part of a greater whole. Yes, and you just mentioned about the word integrate, and that reminds me of um, um, in the in the Bailey books. Uh, she mentions um, it's important to build a relationship not just on the physical aspect, because every human being, every person, is made up of a, a physical body, and we have an emotional nature, and we also have a mind. There are three three aspects to every person. And it's called the threefold lower nature. Now, when it comes to a marriage and a, building a relationship with another person, then it's important that all three of these so-called bodies or vehicles uh, be in sync with each other. And I think if your uh, your spouse, or perhaps it would be best even to uh, go through this process even before the marriage so you can work it out, that the the uh, attraction should not be just at the physical level because if it is, if they, there is no compatibility at the emotional side or the mental side, then the whole thing is going to fall apart. Uh, the, the physical attraction is just not uh, strong enough to hold it together. But if there is this coming together and compatibility at the emotional nature, the emotional level, and also in the mind, if the, you know the two minds begin to think together alike, then you will have uh, a complete marriage, uh, all in all three aspects. And I think that's very important uh, in as far as you know integration goes. And coming back to this question of what makes a good relationship, um, in addition to what you're saying, Dale, uh, another thought that occurs to me is that when you marry. You have to create some kind of a goal that the two of you can work toward and strive towards. In other words, the partnership can't just be a a two-way flow of energy or it becomes a, a kind of a selfish duality between the two people. There has to be the third point, in a sense, whether it's the bringing of children into the family or the sharing of um some kind of uh, spiritual orientation, a religious faith, or a charitable commitment. Maybe the couple shares uh, a work of some sort. But you have to have um, something that both of you uh, strive toward and serve beyond your own uh, self-interests. And another aspect... uh, coming back to the book by Iris Kress now, Surrendering to Marriage, is the importance of loving kindness in marriage. Those people that we live with in the family and in 
to some extent our co-workers in the day-to-day environment or sometimes the people that we treat most casually mm-hmm. because we're so familiar with them and because they're there every day and that can so easily descend into kind of a a crass um lack of respect for the sensitivities that they have and she gave the example of her husband who never picked up his clothing who left it strewn around they had constant arguments about it it drove her crazy finally her spirit broken after years of this she gave up and she decided to just start putting his stuff away Mm. well his reaction amazed her he was so surprised by her her cessation of nagging and arguing that he responded with real tenderness and loving kindness toward her it taught her a great lesson about what's really important not getting somebody to change in the way you think they should but just loving them mm-hmm. and it brought her more love in return well i think that's the most important thing is of all the people in this world we should be more most loving and respectful of our spouse and mm-hmm. Alice Bailey says there is no better training ground for spiritual development than the marriage relation, rightly used and rightly understood. Can marriage, therefore, actually help one trying to live a spiritual life? It can help and it can hinder. And what I mean is uh, I've known of examples of people where one spouse becomes oriented toward a spiritual path and the other person doesn't share it. And that can sometimes, unfortunately, lead to a separation or a real cleavage if there isn't an adjustment. It can be a real crisis in the marriage. But it can also be uh, an opportunity for two people to really grow and fuse in in the sense of uh, the union of the soul if they share uh, uh, an increasingly spiritual uh, view of life. Yeah, that's a very, probably a, a much more common happening today because um, uh, the mind is so awakening, awa- awakened in so many more people and uh, their interests are, are awakening to all kinds of new things and so perhaps that uh, happens more and more I think in marriages the, the, the interest of one spouse goes off in a direction that, that uh, is not uh, the interest of the other one and uh, so they're they kind of uh, going off in different directions, and it's, it's a terrible thing. But I think another important thing to remember in marriage is that you marry to love someone, not necessarily to be loved. You hope you'll be loved, but what's most important is that you marry because you love someone and you want to serve them spiritually. It's quite a different perspective if you think about it, but most people probably go into marriage so that they will be loved, and that's where the disappointment comes in because they have married a frail uh, human being with faults and weaknesses, and that perpetual flowing of love that they envision coming to them doesn't uh, manifest on the day-to-day level, and uh, they give up. But if we go into marriage with the idea that we want to learn to love more deeply, and who should we love more than the person we're with? Because um, as Iris Krasno pointed out, if you leave someone in search of another person that you think will be more loving, you're going to bring yourself along, which means you're going to bring along the very problems you've got right now. It won't help. Love the one you're with. 
didn't her uh, husband, this Krasnow, didn't her husband um, have a comment about the marriage? Yeah, she would ask him after their fights, do you think we'll stay married? And he would always answer yes. And she would always ask him, why? How can you say that? And he would say, because you're my wife. <laughs> well, good solid logic <laughs> Makes <to that>. sense. <laughs> it sounds right to me. Well, I think you're right. If we're going to put on a spiritual consciousness toward any aspect of humanity, and it's something we should do toward all of humanity, but especially towards our spouse, I think both of you are right on target with that. That's about all the time we have for our discussion today. You've been listening to Inner Sight. Now we'd like to close with a world prayer called the Great Invocation. It's a call for light and love and goodwill to flow into the world and into our hearts. Let's listen for a moment to these powerful words. From the point of light within the mind of God, let light stream forth into human minds. Let light descend on earth. From the point of love within the heart of God, let love stream forth into human hearts. May the coming one return to earth. From the center where the will of God is known, let purpose guide all little human wills, the purpose which the masters know and serve. From the center which we call the human race, let the plan of love and light work out and may it seal the door where evil dwells. Let light and love and power restore the plan on earth. Think your textbooks are too expensive? So do we. Meet Cengage Unlimited. Access to all your Cengage courses on platforms like MindTap and WebAssign, our library of ebooks, study guides and tools, and a free print rental, all with one subscription for $119.99 per semester. No matter how many courses you enroll in or how many ebooks you use, the price of Cengage Unlimited stays the same. Visit nolimitstolearn.com to learn more about Cengage Unlimited.